I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Okay, welcome to one of our, it's been infrequent of late, Very All USA podcasts. It's Alan here. I've got Siddharth. It's been an interesting week in the world and an interesting week in Villarreal. Um, big win today, and we are now on 32 points from 18 matches. And dare I say it, the year we finished second in the league, we had 32 points after 18 matches. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I'm glad you didn't didn't forget about me fully, Alan. So. No, no, no. <laughs> so... Um, um. Unlike, apparently, what we did to Kubo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kubo, um, we really missed him today, don't you think? Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we can talk about, let's talk about Kubo, the whole, um, he came, he saw, he didn't exactly conquer. Um, He scored in the Europa League. He did, yeah, he did. I mean, okay, let's, let's, let's... Let's start with the whole Kubo thing. I mean, I think most of us, when we when we signed him, if I'm remembering right, we signed him fairly early in the summer, before some of these other um, the the deal with Valencia happened. Anyway, um, I don't know. I mean, I think it was a move that could have worked, but clearly it did not, and. I'm kind of happy we're just cutting our losses and and moving him on to Hatafe. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, would it be worth dealing with uh, the Madrid press for another six months if he doesn't get to play? Uh, probably not. So no, I, <laughs> that you know, there's some some merit to what you're saying on that point. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, I mean, look, we did harbor a hope in some manner that, um, you know, and and I think we talked about this a little bit when we signed him. I think one of the big hopes in some way was preventing him from being signed by another team. Mm and so at least we achieved that, and at least we achieved the fact of now when he's going somewhere, he's going to Hetafe. Hetafe, I don't think, is going to be a threat to our uh, final hopes of finishing the table. If he had gone to Sevilla, again, I feel like they would have somehow figured out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I feel like he would have done well. And, um, you know... So at least that didn't happen. I, I, again, I, I think there's a question, and we also talked about this, if you're going to go into this business at all of signing these players and essentially developing them. Um, you know, I think we looked at somebody like Regilon. Uh, we looked at somebody like Jesus Vallejo. We looked at Odegaard. 
and we said, boy, all of the teams kind of around us are doing this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's something to it. And I think maybe the answer is it's not for everybody. Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I definitely think there should be some more more thought um, on on you know who that player is because uh, again when you looked at it roster wise that was definitely not the position that was screaming out that we needed another body right I think I think you're you're right that the part of the motivation and taking him was to keep him away from some other teams. I just, I think it's always hard when you're talking about um, a 19 year old because they're young and sometimes they are physically still developing, sometimes mentally they're still developing too. And for whatever reason, I just don't think... I think Kubo did well in in the Europa League when we had teams when we were playing teams that we should have beaten and when we were playing teams that didn't know us that well and didn't know our style of play that well and so he could sort of drift around and do his thing and not get us in too much trouble but I think it was noteworthy that in La Liga matches it seemed as though when he was out there, teams knew exactly, okay, we can target this guy and take the ball off him and um, create counterattacks that way. And the other problem was just that he he doesn't yet have positional awareness in terms of what... It, 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 you need to ask somebody to do a particular thing, not just wander around looking for great positions for yourself. And if you look at the cumulative statistics now, it makes 48 games in La Liga, four goals, five assists. Mm -hmm. Which is again same same statistics he had at the end of last year, playing 36 matches. Right. And honestly, I think sort of that was another one optically. And again, some some people said some of it, oh, well, you know, Mallorca can't score goals, and that's the reason the statistics were deflated. But uh, maybe maybe there's a little bit more to that as well. Then you know, That maybe was a little bit too easy of an explanation. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how he does at Hatafe because, as we know, Bordelas's uh, approach to the game is a rather physical one. And I'm not sure, you know, if Kubo is going to replace Alan Neom at, at right wing. That's, I am not sure I quite mm-hmm. see how that's going to work. But, you know, hey, that's their problem. And, um, and they, you know. they've been miserable this year, honestly. Yeah. Not yeah. just in terms of results, but sort of performance-wise. Yeah. Hitafe has really... It's really been awful. Why, do you think so. that's and and that goes back to resuming when we resumed after the COVID break? It, it, you know, are they just? A, I never would have thought it because of all, of all the jokes about you know the lack of fans at Hatafe, but it seems like of all the teams that has suffered most by playing behind closed doors, it's Hatafe. I don't. Uh, I, I think Athletic too. 
Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, and, and definitely some of these lower tier sides, though, again, like you say, you know, a team like a Cadiz where you, you really thought they might have benefited at home seems to have done OK. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just think, you know, when you you go route one or route one or route one, <laughs> at, at some points, people people can figure that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just looking back through Hetafe so far this year. They have managed to score multiple goals all of three times in a match. I suppose count the first round Copa where they scored it against some Bass team who I've never heard of. And then, by the way, they were knocked out by Cordoba. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, I mean, just you know. look, you, you can't. <laughs> there's there's a finite limit on how many one nils you can possibly pull out. So. Right, right. I also think um, I <laughs> maybe maybe sounding a bit like Zach here, but you know, there are, there are statistics. There are statistics that are you know predictions of how you will do. And I think when you look at a team like Atafe that last year got a By lot the way, of tied mileage for the fewest goals in the league. Yeah, so last year they got 12, a lot of mileage. Look at who their strikers were. They were all these guys in their 30s. And does that yep. make any sense? Mata and Molina. Yeah. And, and on hell. Yeah. And does it make sense that you're going to be able to replicate that year after year? You know, it, it, it's like Adoriz having that great year for Athletic when he was 35 or whatever it was. But it's like, mm-hmm. that's great. But does that is that is does that have predictive value for the next season? Probably not. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, and they brought in Cucho, who I think you know looked good in some spells. But again, I mean, I I think their problem is more you have Kukureya. Okay, he seems a decent player, but that's it. I mean, <laughs> sort of creativity. You know, yeah. A- yeah, actually, sort of being able to make something out of things. They they just don't they don't have it. Right, um, right, and you know, talk about talk about watching paint dry. Sit sit through ninety minutes of Hitafe, which you know, in some cases, can be thirty. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, in, on some level, that's sort of a trope that people have used as an easy stereotype. But I'm saying that from somebody who I think has watched enough of them to say that is legitimately the case, and it's not just against good teams. Um, you know. They play that way against everybody. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's and I and I think you're right. Things do catch up with you. I mean, maybe Kubo, you know, at, at the very least, he will give them an, another creative player. I'm frankly, but I'm curious: is Bordelas going to be willing to play him? Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. That, I in agree. That yeah, yeah so. I agree. Well, you know, I think I I, I think we can wish him well. I, I think we can say that you know, Virial took a took a flyer on the, on the deal. And I think we probably, I'm, I'm glad that we've been able to reach an agreement that, that everybody was okay with, because clearly one of the things that's happened is we've had the emergence of players like Jeremy and, um, Fernino and Alex Baena. You know, if, if this all comes back to the question of when you're trying to develop a young player, are you going to develop a loony or are you going to develop develop your guy? And certainly um, Emery 
has given opportunities to some of our guys, and they've seized those with both hands, and and Kubo really didn't. So you know, I think that I think the longer that went on, the more evident that was. So you know, it's uh, we were joking that we kind of lose a a uh, source of clickbait on the site because you know right. you mentioned anything about Kubo and you got a thousand people looking to see what what's going on with Kubo today. But you know that's. Mm-hmm. The site has to take a few blows for the good of the team, I guess. So. Mm-hmm. Well, and and interesting, and I will I will admit uh, when when you mentioned Fer Nino that I I had said, look, I don't understand what we're doing. Maybe he should be out on loan. Yep. Um, so I will I will have to say that looking at it from that perspective, I need to eat crow. But I did in the same breath say either we play him or we loan him. Yes. And so I I will I will give Emery credit that the answer was let's see what we have. That yes. is the logical fit with Alcacer being injured and then re aggravating the injury. Yes. Um and transitioning over to the match and really the last run of matches. I mean, he's making it happen and he missed a point blank chance as well early on. So he could have had two today very yeah. easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the one he scored today was brilliant. I mean, I, I, it's one of those goals that you really appreciate. You appreciate his body control and his, and his awareness of, you know where where the keeper is. How how do I beat him? How and and then how making that come off? It, it's you know. I also appreciate the biblical parting of the sea between the two center backs. So that's <laughs> yeah. a different uh, different discussion. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about today's match against Celta. That was um, it's it's uh, this is where I'm going to have to eat crow a little bit because. Um, I can't. I, there was some discussion on on the site about, you know, how we're how we don't score many goals and everything. And I and I think I said something like, well, you know, we just don't blow teams out. You know, we just don't get these two and three goal leads in the first ten minutes and kind of coast from there. Well, mm-hmm. today we did, <laughs> and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was kind of fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, again, in fairness, Celto with no Aspas and no Nolito. I, I would have reveled a little bit more had we gotten to see Aspas's face each time they cut away after a goal, but um, yeah, unfortunately yeah. didn't get that. But I mean, sort of once they got down, um, yeah, you didn't you you didn't feel like they had the ability to come back in any event. No, and I think the um, the other guy they missed too, I think, which I think was a real big miss, was uh, what's the Peruvian guy, Tap- uh, Tapia, Tapia, Tapia right. yeah, and the yellow card, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think Morris. I think that was a big a big miss for them mm-hmm. too. But um, yeah, I'm still, and, and and I think this is a good point again of the top heavy teams going to struggle a little bit in a season like this where it's sort of almost inevitable that given the late end to the season and, you know, quick start of this one, Nolito and Aspas, both older players, mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. you know, particularly sort of the most physically imposing 
Yeah. What is Celta going to do the next month? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think the good thing for them is a lot of teams are below them right now. So by volume, you wouldn't think they're immediately going to jump into the relegation fight. But as we know, they were very, I mean, they were one goal from going down last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I, I do think that they're, you, you know, they, they seem to have found a coach that, until Aspas went down, um, was getting good results from them. Um, this week they got bounced from the Copa and what five two, and then we defeated them four nil. And so I think his challenge is going to be to figure out how to deal with the lack of of Aspas for the next, you know, however however long it is. But um, I still think they have a. They have they have some decent players and they and they should be able to scrape enough points, even in his absence. I think to to be okay. But today, I mean, the the match was was essentially over within twenty minutes. I mean, they had made um, uh, there were essentially what three errors early on um, that that led to our goals, and we were. I can't say that you know. I I think we played in, we played very well. I can't really criticize anything because it was the sort of game where once you're four nil up um, with a quarter of the match gone, after that it just becomes management of the of the of the game and and making sure people don't get hurt and and pick up yellow cards and things like that because you know, you, you pretty much should have the game won, and that's pretty much what it was. I mean, the, the second half was essentially you could have um, applied a mercy rule at halftime, and I don't think anybody would have cared. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But I, I think... What, 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 did, what did you think of Capu? I thought, his... I, thought, I thought Capu was very good. I think a number of people mentioned that um, one effect of Capu being there... He it seemed to give Parejo a lot more freedom to mm-hmm. be more um, forward and and be more penetrating in terms of attack than what we'd seen. I actually thought that the partnership of the two of them looked really good from the start, which was interesting because I haven't felt that when when Parejo's been out there with uh, Coquelin, even though they played together for years at Valencia. I, I just I think. Uh, um, Cap, I think Capu looked like he's much more comfortable um, getting rid of the ball quickly to somebody who can do in a in a in a perceptive way, other than just passing it backwards to somebody who who then tries to do something with it. It seemed like he w- he was very comfortable on the ball, and um, yeah, I, I liked him. I thought now, mm-hmm. granted, and, it was, and remember, he has he has some background. Obviously, he would have played against Emery in England, mm-hmm. but also remember, he played under Javi Gracia. Oh, that's right, he did. Yeah, that's right. So, so, so you know, Watford, I think, has been one of those teams. Um, you know, uh, obviously, they they went down, but had been sort of. Uh, one of the more watchable, I yes. would say, prem teams when you weren't watching a, a match of the top four, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I think Gracia had some part to do with that. Yeah. He also, um, 
he he was previously at Tottenham. And I think we've always felt there have been a, a lot of links, sort of stylistically, um, between obviously not the Buff Mourinho kind of more free flowing um, Tottenham that mm-hmm. was there, you know, that that really scored a lot of goals. Um, and that I, I think that we, if I want to say we were doing comparisons a few years ago of kind of what is your team most like in another league, uh, and I think we all ended up with Tottenham mm-hmm. um, as an EPL comparison. Yeah, I was right. I've forgotten that. Um, yeah, so I think I think again, kind of, kind of a pretty, pretty under the radar, but very logical signing. The only thing I think you'd say is what. Uh, Zach has been citing for a while is again signing a 32 year old yeah. Um, yeah you know that's not building long term but by the same token you know this signing here was not the we're looking to develop somebody this was a we need a replacement for Ebora mm-hmm. who can kind of come in now and I think we would have said without Ebora the rest of the year and without an experienced replacement, our top four chances are low. Yeah. yeah. So I do think he gives us the ability to continue to aspire to top four. And like you said, you know, particularly if he allows Parejo to be Parejo and frankly, Manu to to be Mm -hmm. able to showcase more of that and, he made a, a great a great pass to set up Moy's goal. Yes, uh, I mean that's a that's a huge benefit right there. Yeah, and I, I think basically it seems to me that if you look at you know you look at how we did last year, coming on strong to finish fifth, and a lot of that was um, you know spearheaded by Santi. But it's like this team has, regardless of who's coaching it. But whoever, you know, the team always does best when it finds we're never going to be a team that, that, is, that has like 11 star players. So you have to find a way, a balance to let your to let your true stars shine. And today, I mean, you know, Gerard and, um, and Parejo, Moy, Trigueros, I mean, yeah, they, they, they all got the opportunity to do their thing. And that's kind of what you're asking players like Kapu to, to help you do is to, is, you know, do your job so you can let these other guys shine. And that's, that's what mm-hmm. happened. So anyway, let's yep. t- let's and t- I loved, I loved, that's exactly what he said in his, um, in his presentation. He said, you know, I like to do the dirty work. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, mm-hmm. I'm a holding midfielder. Yeah, uh, and again, yeah. like you say, you sort of you need the type that know who they are and know that by fulfilling their role in the team, they allow other players to be better. Right. Well, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, you mentioned the magical words Champions League. We should talk about that and talk about our, where we are after eighteen matches. So, hang on, we'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Okay. Champions League. Well, we're in third place, albeit with some teams with games in hand behind us, including Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Sevilla. And Sevilla. Um, 32 points from 18 matches is, we were looking it up before we went on the air here, um, the year that we ended up finishing second in the league, which admittedly we had a very strong second half, but after 18 matches we had 32 points, and we were in third place. So... <laughs> Um, in 2010 and 11, when we last made it to the Champions League proper, because we got bounced out of the qualifications the next time, um, at this point we had, what did we say, 36, 34 points or something? I think that was our all-time high. That was the year we, we lost. six. Yeah, that was the year we lost our first match and then won nine straight. So, you know, that was kind of how that went. So going into the season, we were thinking we had a chance for Champions League. Um, We've had some injuries, obviously. We've had some kind of draws that we wish. We keep looking at the table and thinking, oh, if we could have just won this match, we could have just won that match, we'd be up here. But how how do you see things? Any different than we started? You were optimistic at the start of the season for Champions League. Are you still? Yeah, so again, sort of going back to last year, we finished with 60, Sevilla and Atletico tied for 70 um, as third. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we have colloquially used two points per match as a barometer. It doesn't tend to be that high for fourth place. So I think the 70 to 72 range is about right. So 72 is two points per game going forward. Mm-hmm. So it's a, li- it's a faster pace than we've been on, um, but not, not hugely. Again, like you said, turn, turn two of the draws into wins, and we are on two points per game right now. Right. Um, but it's a matter of making those happen and then not having all of the other games, <laughs> you know, uh, have have their results change as well, right? Um, you know, so again, I, I think Atletico Real is going to be a two horse race at the top, uh, and and frankly, and I think I expressed this, so people can rewind the tape. I think I had mentioned that I thought Atletico could and might sort of win the league. Mm-hmm. I think they may not just win the league. They may run away with the league. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Real Madrid drawing against Elche <laughs> it makes, makes me think that it's possible we could see Atletico having like a 10-point lead mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. by the end of January. Oh, so, okay. Let's see what happens. Uh, right. But I, I think it's definitely a two-horse race. Uh, La Real in, you know, hyper-reverse gear now. Now now they can't beat Osasuna at home. So, um, 
you know, the the I think we all knew that things were going to catch up with them. Mm-hmm. I think David Silva's injury, both on and off the pitch, has hurt them significantly. Um, they may, like last year, struggle to make the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so wheel, wheels have fallen off there again. Uh, you know my love affair for Granada. Yes. Um, and again, done very well. Uh, we're going to have an interesting match with them coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's definitely a team we would have to mark down in red as saying that's a six-pointer. Mm-hmm. Um, we we want to stay ahead of them. So assuming we're able to do that, again, I think we will. We have now caught up with La Real even though they had a blistering hot start and we should have won that game against them that we drew and all those things. Mm-hmm. We, we've already caught them. And I, and I, and I think the trains are moving in different directions. So then you're looking at if we're able to stay ahead of La Real and Granada, can we beat out one of Barcelona or Sevilla? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's and I and I mean sort of sort of maybe where we thought we were would have been at, at, um, at the start of the season. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think if we, I think at the start of the season we would have figured Barcelona would be further ahead of us. Um, even granted, we weren't terribly confident in how things would shake out there with new manager and everything, but. Yeah, well, because they, I think they had their worst 10 or 12 game or whatever it was start you yeah, know, in yeah. 30 years or right, something. Right, right. So. But I think you have to figure that, you know, you, you'd have to figure on balance that um, they're going to, you know, right the ship in some point. Um, and so then it comes, yeah, it comes down to that question with, with um, Sevilla and, you know, well, I ask you that. Uh, let me let me put that one. Do you actually think that they are Barcelona is the most likely to finish in third, or would you put that as Sevilla? Well, I think it's hard to say. And and here's here are the two sides to that coin. On the one hand, Barcelona, I think, is still overly reliant on Messi. <laughs> And if he and and a, and a couple of other key players who I would say if there's an injury of any any length of time to any of those guys, that's going to be a problem for them. On the other hand, they are Barcelona and that has an intrigue and and uh, dare I say, uh, uh, an effect on the arbitration of the games sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, but don't you, don't you think, and this was one day I was thinking if this does end up being Messi's last year, which again, maybe is not a certain, mm-hmm. but don't you think there's going to be a much greater, I, I think they can see the league is already out of reach for them. Mm-hmm. Um, don't you see them putting a much greater focus on Europe? And yeah, yeah, maybe could, maybe that affects some of the consistency, and maybe the long term board plan is we've got to play these younger players, and so we're going to do that in the league, and um, then focus on the Champions League. Yeah, that's possible. I think the problem I have with assessing Barcelona is that 
since I've been following La Liga <laughs> for <laughs> years, they've always been Barcelona, right? So it's hard for me to look at them and 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 see them as anything other than a team that's going to finish in the top two, even when they're fifth or sixth. It's just mentally a hard thing to get around. I think you're I think you're probably right that th- this this is definitely a season of transition, whether it's not Messi's last season. Um, so on the one hand, I think you're probably you're probably right that there's going to be some management of the calendar on their on their side. Um, I just have a hard time thinking that they won't find a way to play through that and and beat lesser teams with their with their younger players. But there's no evidence that really says that. Sevilla, so far, I think the question really. Whoop. Com- whoop. <laughs> 